that the power and the spirit of God is in the place. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Somebody just give God a shout of praise in the building now. Are you glad to be here? Clap your hands and lift your voice and give him glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That would be good if you were shouting for me, but for the one who saved you and set you free, will you give him glory this morning? Hallelujah. For what he's already doing in the building, will you give him glory this morning? Hallelujah. But the spirit of the Lord is here. Give him praise. Hallelujah,
find freed me forever one day he's coming back glorious day and it's moving this away if your soul's not anchored in Jesus it will surely drift away Your soul's not trembling, Jesus. It will surely drift away. Drift away. It will surely drift away. If your soul's not anchored in Jesus, it will surely drift away. moving this away if your soul's not anchored in Jesus it will surely drift away away Lord drift away you will surely drift away if your soul's not anchored in Jesus Drift away, you will surely drift away. If your soul's not anchored in Jesus, you will surely drift Yeah. 
Over every 
Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name of Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name,
I think that's true for everybody in the building. Lord, we need. Lord, we need you. No matter where we're at, we need you, Jesus. Lord, we need you. Lord, we need you. Lord, we need you. Oh, we need you. Lord, we need you. Oh, hallelujah. is open today. Our nursery is open today. We're thankful for our nursery being open. Somebody give a hand clap for that. We're God is moving in this building. Thank you for the prayer team that prayed so diligently this morning. I know some people probably saw a little shift 
to the service, and that's going to be happening, what we're going to do. We want to give respect to the house and to the prayer, so we have shifted the service. So if you come at 10, um, you'll have to go down to the coffee corner with everybody else in fellowship. Uh, the hours after we finish uh, praise team rehearsal, those minutes and times will be sent strictly to prayer. So at 1045, the prayer team will come in and those doors will be locked. They'll be locked at 10 for the praise and rehearsal. For the sanctuary, they will be guard, uh, war warranted off or bordered off. I couldn't find the right word. Um, and then at 1055, you can start to walk into the sanctuary. Um, and once you walk into the sanctuary, please be respectful of those who are in prayer. We're hoping that you have so much fellowship downstairs that by the time you get here in this room, the only person you want to talk to is Jesus. Why are we doing this, Pastor? You see what just happened? That's why we're doing that. Uh, we follow the direction and the power of the Holy Spirit, and it is time out for churches just to go to, to, to religious ceremonies. We come in and we sing a certain amount of songs. We do stuff that's planned, and then we leave no room for Jesus. Not here. Uh, we are a church that believes in the power of the Spirit, and we will honor the God at all times. Even if we have to lock the doors to make a little order, that's okay. We're going to honor the Lord in this house. Why? Because not just you who are saved that come in this place, but there are people who are not saved, and they need the gospel, and there are people who are, are saved, but they still don't know about the fullness of the power of, of, of God, and we want to be able to see that they see what it's like when God is really moving, and when the saints are really praying that when people come in, that they're not hindered by what, what was on them when they came in. They're not hindered by the argument they had in the car. They're not hindered by, by the enemy trying to condemn them from their past mistakes from the night before. They're not hindered by the dirty thoughts that they have in their mind but when they come into this place I want them to feel such a presence that all they can say whether they're saved or not is surely God is in this place brother Bob can you grab that chair right there the folding chair if you'll take it and move it down for me I appreciate it um, if I walk over that way I don't want to trip over it because I'm not going to be looking for it God bless you guys Thank you so much. We do have a baptism today where we will baptize three of our youth, and that is a blessing. Three of our youth have given their life to Jesus Christ. You can give a hand clap for that. We're, we're extremely elated. Um, we have people out all around Lace. Would you mind getting me, me a water if you, you, you don't mind? Um, welcome to all those who are online, Lord God. We've been praising and praying so hard for the service. We forgot about the online folks, God. Why don't y'all welcome the people online? You just got to be here. You just got to be here. God has been moving. I, it was a joy as I finished praying and I got up to see the faces of the people as they walked in and they were shocked that service was already going on and, and it, was, it was early and people were already praying and praising. We don't, we don't need a form to have that. There is a word. Um, from the Lord, starting in the book of Romans chapter 7, I'm going to be going back and forth. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and write this down. Um, praise uh, the media, media team in the back, rather. Um, if you'll write down Galatians chapter 5, because I'm going to go there. I didn't intend to go there, but by the Spirit's power, we're going to go there. But we're going to start at Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25. I don't know about you, but I feel, a ref I feel refreshed. How about you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let Romans chapter 7, if you'll stand for the reading of the word of God. Thank you for all those, my father's children, who have come in today. We're going to read 14 through 25, and then we're going to read uh, chapter 8, 1 through 4. Uh, when you have it, 
say amen. If not, it's on the screens. We can all read it together. Let's read together. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do not what I not want, what I let me do that again. I know you got it, but I, I, I got tears in my eyes and they cloud my glasses. Let's try that again. Let's try it one more time. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but the sin that dwells within me. So I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in the members, my members, another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God. Through Christ Jesus our Lord, Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Romans 8, 1 through 4. There is now, therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be filled in us who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. By this and other scriptures and aid of the Holy Spirit, I want you to Listen to me this morning and, and preach with me as I preach this. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, how to win the war within. You may be seated in the presence of God. It is customary. Many times in the church when we come to Christ, we focus a lot on evangelistic outreaches and outputs and how to bring people to Christ, but many times, once we bring them to Christ, we leave them at the door where they stand. We bring them in, and in the church, the church at large, not this church, but the church at large, we get them saved, and we say, hallelujah, we have scored on the goalpost, and what we do, we bring them in, and we feel like because we brought them in, and they have said that they've gave, given Jesus their heart, that that's a victory, and that there's nothing left to do 
in the church, but that is only the beginning part and the start of the process. And I've come to tell you that before you do anything, you really need to know what you're getting into. And Jesus puts it this way. He says, what man builds a building and first does not count up the cost, whether or not it is, uh, whether or not he has enough resources to finish that building. But in the church, we have become master manipulators. Yeah, I said it. We've become master manipulators. We've learned how to say things that are not offensive. We've learned how to hide truth in certain ways to make people happy and get them in the door. And hopefully, once we got them in the door and they like us, we'll drop the hard truths on them so they won't leave. But that's not what Jesus did, Sister War. You know what Jesus did in the book of John, chapter 6, verses 60 and 66, Right before that, Jesus noticed something. He noticed that people were following him because they wanted something from him. They didn't have impure motives. And Jesus looks at them, and he begins to talk about communion in a way that he knew would drive them away. He said, unless you eat of my flesh and you drink of my blood, you can have no part of me. And he goes back and forth with them. And they say, he's crazy, and we can't deal with this. And finally, the Bible says, from from that point, on John 6 and 66 many of them walked with him no more they walked away they walked away from Jesus and they missed the biggest blessing that would have ever been in their life because they were more concerned about how it looked and how it sounded they were there for the wrong reasons they were there for the trappings they were following Jesus for the fish and the loaves, but they weren't really following Jesus for Jesus himself And see, when you're following Jesus for Jesus himself, your motives change, your mindset changes, and no longer are you for your own agenda, but you are submitted to his agenda and to his will. And when that is, you are submitted not just to salvation, but you are submitted to sanctification, which is discipleship. You are submitted to growing in Christ and not being the same way that you were. And Paul wants to let us know this morning, I don't want to give you just a sugar-coated sermon that when you come to Christ everything is going to be all right you'll never have another temptation you'll never have another pain another cuss word may never come out of your mouth I'm not giving you a license to cuss for those that you cuss stop it stop it right now I'm not giving you a, a license to do it but what I'm saying is there's a chance that when you give Jesus your heart that there's something that's going to happen and you are not going to be happy with yourself We don't tell people the good and the bad and the ugly. We just think that once you give your heart to Christ and we dip these people in the water, they just go about and live their everyday life. And we don't give them the fine print up front and say, don't you know that your soul is saved and you are saved from the penalty of sin, but you're still living in sinful flesh. And for the rest of your life, it's going to be a struggle. There's going to be a war going on. There's always going to be a war going on inside your members. And what we get to see is Paul letting them know up front that when you give your life to Jesus, everything doesn't go the way you think it should go. There are some things on the inside of this flesh that mean you no good. Paul is so perplexed that he said this. He said, I don't even understand, verse 15, my own actions, for I do what not do what I want, but I do everything I hate. I do the things that are wrong. The law he's telling you is not bad. He's saying the law, it allowed me to recognize my sin. Then it allowed me 
need to recognize that by giving God myself, I would have a way to eternal life because I'd have to give up trying to be good and just depend on the grace of Jesus Christ. The law gave me something to compare to. The law was never meant to save me. The law was akin to a pet scan. Pastor, what is a pet scan? If you've ever had a loved one that they may think has cancer, what they do, they'll give them what's called a pet scan. And that pet scan is there so that when you go in, it's neither good nor bad, but it's simply there to detect the presence of something that's on the inside of you that can destroy you. That's what the law is. The law is a it's a it's a stop sign saying that there is something on the inside of you that is self-destructive. There is something on this inside of you that will help you to destroy yourself. And therefore, when I hear the word and when I hear the word of God, it should bring me both joy and repentance. Why? Because the diagnosis when I compare myself to God's word is a diagnosis of sickness and it's never applauded, but this is the thing about a PET scan. Nobody likes the thought of having cancer. Nobody likes the thought of having to go get a PET scan, but after they got in the PET scan and they realize the doctor says we caught it in time. Although you are, are terrified by the PET scan, you don't want to go through the PET scan. It doesn't feel good, but later on, you're glad that you got the PET scan because it allowed you to let you know that you missed something and you caught something in time before it could be fatal. That is what the law of God does. It allows us to know that it's not always good to our flesh. It does not always feel good to us. Sometimes it makes us angry. Sometimes it makes us feel convicted. The Holy Spirit will. But it's good for us because it lets us know in enough time that I have time to give a treatment to this sickness in my body before it's too late. What is that sickness, Pastor? It's the sickness that they haven't found a cure for. One day, they may have a cure for cancer, but there's only one person who's ever found a sickness for sin, and it is through a blood transfusion. It's through the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Oftentimes, because we are under grace, we minimize God's law because we're not under the law. But the law is still a guy. The, the, the things in the law are good, but we're simply provided another way of salvation. And God's word is here to make us aware of sin and trust the cure, which is Jesus Christ. And not only that, but he doesn't leave just that. But the Bible says, he said, I will not leave you comfortless, but when I leave, I am giving you a helper, which is the Holy Spirit who will lead you and guide you into all truth. <laughs> he gives you something to help you fight the war within. In other words, when, I say, when I'm saved, there are two realities going forward at the same time. Number one, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 is true. If any man be in Christ, he is a new cre creation. All things are passed away. All things have become new. That's true. Your spirit has become alive in Christ, but the house your spirit lived in is not going to heaven. You see this stuff right here? It's not going to heaven. I'm going to heaven, but this flesh isn't going to heaven. One day, they'll put this flesh in the grave if, 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 if Jesus hasn't returned, and it's not going with me to heaven. But for right now, it's all I got, so I think I'll keep it for right now. But here's the thing. Since I have to keep it, I have to realize that it doesn't mean me any good. 
because it wants to eat what it wants to eat. It wants to do what it wants to do. It wants to go where it wants to go. It wants to say what it wants to say. It wants to act how it wants to act. And there's a constant war. And every now and then, I find myself with a bad attitude. Pastor, you, yes, I find myself with a bad attitude. So if you say you don't, I know you're lying because I know everybody is in the building. Sometimes I find myself getting upset with people. You ever find yourself getting upset with people? And sometimes I find myself saying stuff about people that I should not say. I might not say it out loud, but I still say it in here. And, and, and I look at it and say, oh, wretched man that I am. Where did that thought come from? Why? Because Paul said, I know that dwelleth in me no good thing. Constantly having to fight. There's a war within. Is there anybody else that's honest that you're in a war that when you come to Christ, it doesn't get easier? Sometimes it gets harder. That's what Paul is saying there. He's saying, I don't do what I want to do, but the very thing I hate, I find myself doing. (laughs) For he says in verse 18, for I know that nothing good dwells in me that's in my flesh. He wants to delineate. My spirit is saved, but in my flesh there's no good thing. He says, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. He's feeling frustrated. And while he's writing this, he says, I want to let you know, when you come to Jesus, something Sometimes you're going to not act like you know Jesus. (laughs) Sometimes you're going to be in the grocery store and somebody's going to cut in front of you in line and you're going to forget that Jesus is your Lord. Sometimes you're going to be in traffic and somebody's going to cut you off and you're going to forget that Jesus is your Lord. Sometimes somebody's going to say something to you crossways and you're going to forget that Jesus is your Lord and you're going to try to set Jesus to the side and pick up a brick or a chair or something like that. That is not what you need to be doing. Those things are at war in you. Pick your head up, Chanel. They won't know it's you. But this is what's going on when you come to Jesus. There's a war going on. Anybody else ever face that war? Lord, I know what's right, but I so feel like doing what's wrong. (laughs) I know what I should be doing, but somehow I didn't do it. I know I need to be at church, but pastor put it on Facebook. (laughs) I know I need to be at Bible study. But they can't ask me no questions about watching through Facebook. I know I need to pray more, but I find other stuff, which is why I'm probably going to get off Facebook. Sorry, Facebook. We're probably going to start streaming and, and live and start saving those things and sending them out individually so that people will come to what? Church. We have a good bit of people coming to church, but I guarantee you there's some people in this room right now and some that are right now watching me that know you could have got up and came to church, but it was just so easy to pick up the Nothing wrong with that. At least you're watching. I get it. But did you see what happened this morning before service time even started? They missed all of that. They miss people at the altar touching the heart of God. They miss what it feels like to walk in the room and the presence of God is already manifested before you even get in there. They miss that healing will go. I don't know if Stacey even noticed it. Stacey's been having, having, having problems with her back. But I, I, and I noticed that out of the corner of my eye that as she began to speak about God as a healer, I don't even know if she realized it, but she stood up on her feet with a hurt back and began to praise like it wasn't even hurt anymore. Why? Because the spirit of God is healing and moving in the place and you can't get that from your couch baby 
God can heal you in your couch. But here's the thing. You can't replicate what it feels like to come into the presence of the saints and be edified and to be built up because life is hard, work is hard, and you need somebody that believes like you believe to give you energy to make it through the week. The Holy Spirit. We don't talk like we should about the Holy Spirit. Paul is saying that I have an inward motivation because I am a new creation. But the problem is I still live in the same location. I'm going to say that again. I have the same inward motivation. I want to do right because I am a new creation. Christ has made me clean, but I still live in the same what? Location. I still live in the same sinful flesh, and he is going and expressing what I call the Christian conundrum. Everybody say Christian conundrum. That is a term that I'm beginning to coin as I begin to study this text because it's confusing on diff- and, and a difficult problem. What's a conundrum, Pastor? Why? Why, why are you using that big word? Because I want you to go, I want you to elevate. You're not here to just stay. It doesn't matter how old you are. We're gonna make your vocabulary a little bit bigger. A conundrum is confusing or difficult problem or question. That's what a conundrum is. And when somebody says I have a conundrum, that means they have a confusing or a difficult problem or question. And he asked this difficult question that has plagued many a believer and held them in doubt and shame and condemnation it's this God saved me because he's good and God saved me for my good and God cleaned me and made me good or right with him but well if God saved me because he's good and he saved me for my good and he's cleaned and made me good so why is it that I still sometimes want to do bad Why is it that I'm a participant with this internal struggle? If I'm saved and I'm a new creation, why do I sometimes act this way? Anybody ever had this feeling in your life? Oh, come on, talk to me today. You you, you talk to me today. Have you ever asked yourself, what is wrong with me? (laughs) Anybody else beside me, you look back on the dumb stuff you've done, you say, what was I? thinking what is wrong with me why did I say that why did I do that why am I acting this way why am I sabotaging this man Jesus help me I don't even think I need to go to church I don't think there's any help for anybody like me well if you think that you're in good company because everybody who's really saved has had that conversation once or twice or five thousand times anybody else here's the thing because it's a constant struggle Lord I'm trying to be more like you and the problem is many times that we are trying to do it on my own. (laughs) I'm trying to do it under my own power. These are the reasons many people have often said, I've tried following Jesus and it simply does not work. I tried getting saved and I I still keep going back to the same old thing. Well, there's one of two things that could happen. Number one is this. Some have never ever truly submitted to Christ in the first place, so they were never saved in the first place. They were just saying something with their mouth, but they never submitted in their heart. But number two, I find most people in this room probably will identify with. Some have submitted and now face an ongoing struggle with the sinful nature. 
warring against the spirit. They were under the false assumption that when you were saved, your desire to ever sin again would dissipate and just fly off into the air and simply fade away. And many people at this point have given up because they don't understand that simple truth. Just because you are bad does not mean that God is not still good. Just because you have messed up doesn't mean that he won't pick you up. <laughs> Just because you have gone astray doesn't mean that he still hasn't opened a way for you to come home. <laughs> when I'm saved, I must remind myself. That's what Paul does. He reminds himself. That's the number one thing you have to do when you get ready to, to start fighting those feelings where some people aren't coming to church out of guilt and condemnation. You know that? Because they feel like nobody else could be as dirty or as nasty as they are if they really knew the truth. That some of those same lusts you have, it's people in this room that's got them. <laughs> Some of those same problems and addictions you have, some people in the room got them. They might, might be addicted to, to marijuana, but they're addicted to sodas. Addiction is addiction. <laughs> some of the same depressions they're struggling with, some people in this room are struggling with. Some of the same arrogance and pride that, that people are struggling with, that people in here are struggling with. You don't want to be proud, but you find yourself getting proud every now and then. You say, why do I act? Anybody can be honest with you. Is this, this is me. This is you. This is everybody in the room, isn't it? I want you to know that you are not abnormal, and I don't want you to give up on following Christ because you are a saved individual living in human flesh. Paul says this, O wretched man that I am, who would save me from this body of death? Now, if you just read over that without context, you say, what is he saying? Well, Paul is in the Roman culture, and sometimes in those cultures, do you know how they would punish somebody who committed murder? Your punishment for committing murder was that they would take the murdered person that you murdered and they would shackle them to you. And then it would let you walk around with them and their decomposing body. So that you were forever tied <laughs> to your sin. So that every time you look at this body of death, this, this rotting flesh and corpse, you can be reminded of what you had done. And that's Paul said, that's what I feel like sometimes. I feel like when I look at how I'm acting, I feel like I'm stuck and tied to a stinking corpse that I've always got stinking thinking and I'm always self-sabotaging myself. Lord, I want some deliverance from this. I don't even feel like I'm saved anymore. How do you cure that? You stop, you stop, you know how you cure that? Number one, you stop going by what you feel, and then you start going by what you know, because that's what Paul does. Paul comes in, and he comes in verse 23 to 25, and I must remember this, that when I'm saved, sometimes I must remind myself of my present reality. Sin may command, but I do not have to obey. See, when you didn't have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, when the flesh said, get in the bed, you ain't got no business getting in, you couldn't help yourself. Now, you get in there, you get in there because you want to get in there because Christ has set you free. You have a choice. Well, that's hard for some of us because that means that we're doing stuff and we can't pull a flip whips and say, the devil made us do it. No, I did it because I, I wanted to do it. I'm saved. I gave my life submitted to Jesus. I'm free. 
I'm not bound by sin anymore. I can win. Paul finally cries out in verse 24, Oh, wretched man that I am, who would save me from this body of death? Is there anybody just sick of yourself? Don't touch your neighbor, but if you'll be honest, touch yourself and say, I'm sick of you. <laughs> Can you be honest? I know that don't feel good, but sometimes we just got said, I'm sick of you. I'm sick of your mouth. My marriage would be better if it wasn't for your mouth. Most times we're talking to somebody else. We need to stop talking to them and start talking to ourselves. My relationship would be better. Mouth, if it wasn't for you, you need to shut up sometime. My relationship would be better if you weren't so paranoid self and always jumping to conclusions and thinking everybody's thinking about you all the time and everybody's plotting against you and nobody's thinking about you at all. And now you wreck the relationship fighting a false battle because you allow those false arguments in your head to control you. Mind, sit down somewhere. I'm sick of you. That's why you got to do what 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 said, that we take captive every thought and every vain imagination that raises itself or exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and we bring into captivity, into obedience, every thought into obedience into Christ. Just because it comes up in your mind does not mean that it's true. Yes, the enemy is going to try to make you feel like you're not saved because you made a mistake. Yes, the enemy is going to make you feel like you're worthless and, and he's going to bring in condemnation, but after Paul says who will save you from me from this body of death he didn't leave the question there he goes in 24 and 25 he says this but thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord so then I serve the law of God with my mind but with my flesh I serve the law of sin in other words I may not feel like it but I know it's not of my power it's by my might or my power but by God's spirit that Jesus Christ is the reason I'm saved not me I'm not the reason I'm saved so I don't have to hold up for my salvation that is resting in the arms of Jesus Christ I don't have to feel condemned and feel like every time I make a mistake that, 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 that I'm, my feet start catching fire because I'm halfway to hell I don't, I don't have to do that all I have to do is to just trust in the power of the Holy Ghost to keep me See, we don't talk about the Holy Spirit like we need to. Pastor, why did you start at the end and, and go all the way into another chapter? Because the Bible didn't have chapters when it started. And so this was a whole thought. That's why you see the therefore at the top of verse 8. Because if there's a therefore, there's a before. And that's why it's therefore. So we have to be, we have to know that's why it's there. So he says this, because I am undergoing condemnation, because I am upset about my sin, because I have to keep conscious reminding myself that I'm still saved because I've still got this internal war going on and Jesus helps me. I have to remind myself that even when I don't feel saved, Jesus has saved me. Now, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You have to complete the thought. Don't just stop at the top of the chapter. You have to go at the bottom of seven and go all the way through eight. He's telling himself and them something that there's no more condemnation. If you have been submitted to God, condemnation is going away. There's a difference between condemnation and conviction. You should be convicted when you sin because you should have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you and the Holy Spirit convicts you of sin. That's that feeling when you get that you know you're doing something wrong and you ain't got no business and then you said something told me I shouldn't have done that. It ain't something. It's God. 
lie. You know what it is. You just don't want to admit it because you know you're doing something you don't have no business doing. That's God on the inside of you. That's the Holy Spirit. And if you're unregenerate, he's even giving you a conscience to work with. You don't really have an excuse, even if your conscience is seared. But he says this. I don't have to walk in guilt and condemnation because I'm having a battle. There is no stigma on me because I have to struggle with my desires. You know what? Till the day you die, you're going to be struggling with something. The key is will you surrender? Because Jesus has already given you the victory. The only way you lose is if you get in the See, the Holy Spirit is there to help us. Is this helping anybody today? (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) We must realize that when I'm saved, my present reality isn't always by my feelings, that I have to go by what I know by faith, that I'm saved by grace through faith, and it's the gift of God. It's not through works. I can't get into works. Salvation I have to trust in the grace and the faith of Christ. (laughs) So we don't have to be sad about our shortcomings. (laughs) Because of verse 25, because of Jesus, we have hope. There's somebody listening to me either in this building or online that has given up and tried the church thing so much. You say, I'm not going to try no more. I keep sabotaging myself. Every time I try, I mess it up. This doesn't work for me. It seems to work for everybody else. And and, and here's the thing. I wish I could be like Brother Dave. Look at Brother Dave. Brother Dave is just an upstanding. I can do this with Brother Dave. He's an upstanding Christian. And every time you see him, he's happy. And and, and Brother Dave don't have a thing in the world. And every time I see him, he's speaking in tongues. And it's all. If I could be just like Brother Dave, I would be fine. You don't know Brother Dave. You know what you see. You don't know what he struggles with. I don't know what he struggles with. We got to stop in the church trying to compare ourselves to what we think we see in other people and compare ourselves only to the word of God and submit ourselves to the cross. That's why you give up. They raising their hands on stage and I don't feel anything. Well, that's their walk. You don't stop driving to Canada just because somebody else is 30 miles in front of you. They on their journey and you on yours. You keep walking till you get where you're going. You may not be able to feel God moving like they feel it, but if you keep coming and you keep praying and you keep staying in the way of God, before you know it, you'll be doing the same thing that they're doing. God will move on your life. Don't you dare give up on God. He says there's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus for the law of the spirit. There are two laws that we can live by. He says you want to live either by the law of the spirit, which has set you free in Christ Jesus, or you can live by the law of sin and death. That's comparative analysis. Always trying to compare myself to somebody. Always trying to be holier than somebody. Always trying to say I'm reaching this state of perfection because I do this and I tithe this much and I pray this much and 
saying, don't worry about those things. What you do is submit yourself to the Holy Spirit. And in due season, if you don't faint, you'll reap a harvest. He'll do in you what he wants to do. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop allowing the enemy to tell you that you're not as close to God as you need to be. I'm just going to take the wool off for all of Christendom. Everybody's a hypocrite. Everybody has struggles. Everybody has something on the inside of them that they're struggling with. As holy as they are, I think my sister Bernice is so holy that one day she may start floating on this world. I got a lot of respect for sister Bernice. I really do. But sister Bernice is a human just like you and me. But we allow the enemy to make us walk away from God because we made a mistake. We allow the enemy to make us walk away from God because we don't have it all together yet. And many people have been close to the prize and have lost the prize because they allow guilt and condemnation to make Because they chose not to walk by the Spirit. (laughs) For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh could not do. By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. Not in sinful flesh, but in the likeness of sinful flesh. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. How do I win the war within? I stop walking according to the flesh, and I start walking according to the spirit. And notice it doesn't say running, because we are in a microwave society. We want somebody to stick their hand on our head. We fall out, and the taste of alcohol, the taste of lust go away. No, baby. Sometimes you're going to have to be at this altar, and you're going to have to pray for a while till you get those things out of you. They didn't always come in over night and they don't always go out overnight sometimes Jesus healed instantaneously and sometimes he said you still got stuff to say get up and go wash your eyes in the pool of Siloam we don't know why he does it the way he does it whatever your walk is you have to be tenacious enough to know that I'm going to stick with God because he's stuck with me we love him because he first loved us, I have to learn to walk according to the spirit. I have to walk in the spirit. I have to do what God is requiring me to do. I have to learn to walk in the spirit. How do I learn to walk in the spirit? Pull up Galatians chapter 5, about verse 14, somewhere around there. Galatians chapter 5, around verse 14. Galatians chapter 5, 14. Let me make sure. Because I want us to read something. This is how you win the war within. This is how you win the war within. Galatians chapter 5, starting at 14, and go all the way through 16. Let's read it together. What does it say? For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's the whole law. If you love your neighbor as yourself, that's the whole law. Because the law, the first five commandments have to do with our relationship to God. The next five have to do with our relationship to other people. Let's go to verse 15. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Here's our solution. (laughs) What does it say? 
But I say to you, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Why, am I, why do I keep gratifying my flesh? It's not going to go away. It's going to still be there. But the reason I'm gratifying it is because I'm not walking by the Spirit. How do I walk by the Spirit, Pastor? I first have to submit. Everybody says submit. submit. I've got to submit myself to the Spirit. In other words, I've got to learn to listen. And some of us have problems submitting to the Spirit because we won't submit to nobody else. We too big and bad and can't nobody tell us what to do. We do what we want to do, say what we want to say, and dare anybody to say anything to us. And we wonder why we can't beat our own struggles. Because there's pride on the inside of us. And in order to submit to the spirit, you got to get pride out of the way and say, not my will, but your will. You got to submit to the spirit of God. You got to get sick and tired of yourself. You got to submit to that spirit. When you get tired of yourself, you'll decide that I want to walk in the spirit. I'm tired of gratifying the lust of the flesh. You're always going to have that war all your life and all your days. You're going to have a struggle. But this is what happens. Whichever destination you're walking towards is the one you reach. So are you walking towards prayer or are you walking towards social media? You can be saved and still bound. You're not going to hell for watching Facebook or TikTok. But you might still have some struggles that you don't necessarily need to have because you spend more time, screen time, than you do knee time. Because you're not submitted to the spirit. You don't have to do anything to be saved. God saves you because he knows we can't do it on our own. And that's one reason a lot of us have a problem. That's a number two reason is because we do what we call quenching the spirit. Everybody say, quench the spirit. <laughs> we don't allow the spirit to work because we try everything ourselves. We try self-help and life coaches. We try the power of positive thinking and all this other foolishness and, and manifesting and all the stuff they're doing now. We try to do it on our own. And when you quench the spirit, what you are literally doing is you're getting in the spirit's way. He's trying to do it. He's trying to get into your heart, but you have him out because you say, I can do it on my own. I just get a life coach. I get a counselor. I go do this stuff. I just put an accountability group. All those things are good, but you have to be submitted to the spirit. You know why? Because your accountability group has to sleep. They can't watch you 24-7. But I know he that watches over Israel slumbers not nor sleeps. And when you're in the room and nobody else can see you on your cell phone, he's sitting right there in your heart. And if you'll submit to him, he'll say, now you know you don't need to look at that. You know that's not healthy for you. You know you don't need to think that thought. You know you just said something nasty about that person behind their back. You need to search your heart because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you said it, it was in there. Let's talk about what's in there. And he'll convict us. The Holy Spirit will convict us. How do I win the war within? You will never stop the battle, but you will win the war. You'll always be warring against your flesh. That's what Paul is trying to tell you. But to remind yourself, number one, you're saved. Everybody say, I'm saved. I'm saved. If you're not saved, don't say that. But if you're saved, say that. And if you're not saved, you can be saved today. And once you do that, next thing, say, thing, say I'm, submitted. I'm submitted. You have to submit to the Holy Ghost. 
You've got to allow. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost will be your paraclete. He will be your helper. He will be your teacher in the Greek. In other words, that he will come in and he will guide you into all truth. Are you confused? Seek the Holy Spirit. Let him. He, the Bible says, and now the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, we're going to see that in a couple of weeks, now lives on the inside of you and will quicken your mortal body. When you give Jesus to your life and you're saved, the Holy Spirit is now resident on the inside of you. The only way he's not leading you is if you are quenching him and you are ignoring him and trying to do it under your own power and your own strength. Stop trying. I don't know who needs to hit it, but the reason you keep struggling so much and falling to your struggles, everybody has struggled, but the reason you keep falling is because you keep trying to do it under your own strength and under your own power. You can't beat the devil. You're not older than the devil, but I know this. God, Christ can beat the devil, and greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Get out of God's way and let the Holy Ghost move in your life. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. He might be smarter than me. He might be older and wiser than me. The devil convinced the third of the angels of heaven that he had something better than God. You're not going to out-argue the devil. What you got to do, you can't out-reason the devil. What you got to do is you got to get on your knees and you got to begin to pray and walk in the spirit and let the spirit be building up your most holy faith so that when those times come, you have strength to stand in the evil day. When you do that, I'll tell you what'll happen. Somebody'll start talking to you and you'll get ready to cuss them out and tongues will come up and start coming out of your mouth. When the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you the way he needs to get a hold of you, he will put you in a whole new method and a whole new mode and you'll be shocked. You'll be inside your body. How many times have I been inside my body and I know what I want to say, but the Holy Ghost is allowing me to say something else and I say, it seems like I'm divorced from my feelings because I want to say what's really on my mind, but says something within me they used to say, holding the reins. Why? That doesn't happen through screen time. That happens through knee time. You got to get on your knees in prayer. You got to seek the Holy Ghost. You got to seek the word of God, and you have to get on your face before God and allow his power. We're not preaching self-help in this church. We're not preaching life coaching in this church. We are preaching the power of the Holy Ghost in this church. The power of God to change your life. The power of God to help you overcome your struggles. You're never going to overcome them yourself. Quit trying. If you're going to do it yourself, you could have done it yourself already. Give up and let Jesus take control. If you could have, you would have. If you could have stopped fornicating, you would have on your own, you would have. If you could have stopped lying on your own, you would have. If you could have stopped overeating, you would have. If you could have stopped being prideful, you already would have. If you could have stopped being angry and hateful and mean, you would have. You won't because you can't. You've got to depend on the spirit of God. Walk in the spirit and you will not satisfy the desires of the flesh. 
why it's a bunch of people in the church, but the church ain't in a bunch of people because we learned to, to make spiritual Walmarts. We've learned to make big places where we can get a ton of people and a good, a good growth tracks and get people in an organization, but they are not in the living organism called the body of Christ. They come for what they can get out of it, but they're not really getting what they need, and they feel empty on the inside. Why? Because they're getting the word, but no spirit. It is the spirit of God that makes the difference. It is the power of God that makes the difference. You can't save yourself with head knowledge. You're just going to be an unregenerate person with a bunch of scriptures in your head, memorized. You can walk around all you know. And you'll be just like the seven sons of Sceva, around trying to work for God. They were, tried to work for God. They were out there trying to cast out demons in the name of God. And, and they looked at them, and the demons looked at one another. And I can imagine they were chuckling to themselves, like, look at this fool. <laughs> He's up here trying to cast us out in the name of Jesus. And then they finally said, excuse hold, hold up, man. Hold up. I, that's funny. They were probably laughing at it. Wait one second. Jesus, I know. <laughs> Paul, I know. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> See, if Jesus was in you, I'd have to run. If, if, if the spirit that was in Jesus was in you, I'd have to run. But he's not in you. You just got a bunch of head knowledge. And the Bible said they beat him butt naked. That's in the Bible. The Bible is kind of comical sometimes. The problem we have in the church today is because people are trying to operate in cemeteries. I mean seminaries, different places that have a bunch of head knowledge. Did I say that? Yeah, I meant that. Because just because you go to a seminary doesn't mean you've been to the seminary of the Holy Spirit. You can be educated and just as dead as two left shoes and let the spirit of God is living in you. Those people who are allowing things in their church that shouldn't be and allowing gender affirmation and all those things. Those people have been to seminary. They just haven't been to Jesus. I don't care how many doctor degrees you got. I don't care if you have a master's of divinity. I don't care if you have a doctor to ministry. If you are not dependent on the Holy Ghost, if you're not doing what the Bible said and being led by the Spirit, he said for those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. You cannot say that you are a son of God and live any kind of way and do anything you want to do. You've got to be led by the Spirit. Can I talk to you for a minute? You've got to be led by the Spirit. You've got to be guided by the Spirit. You've got to stop guiding yourself and saying, I'm a child of God. For those that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. How do I know I'm saying, who is leading you? Because if you walk by the Spirit, you'll produce the Spirit. If you're walking by the flesh, you'll produce death. Are things dying in your life? Does it seem like everything you touch dies? It may be that you are walking in your flesh. Oh, Jesus. 
I try to be dignified, Pastor Ernie. I, I, I try, try to reach a, a broad audience, but, but we Pentecostal, and I don't make any uh, bones about it if you don't like it, because we Pentecostal, that's okay. There's other people to listen to, but the Spirit of God is going to work in this place, because the only way that change happens, you've got to have the power of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God working in your life. You keep going to counselors and you still won't get any better. But why won't you call the Holy Ghost? See, the Holy Ghost works to us and through us. The Holy Ghost speaks in us and also through other people. Fifteen years. Dealing with sugar over 400. And the Holy Ghost speaks to somebody and says, you know what, Brother Bob, why don't you try this? <laughs> that wasn't me. That was the Holy Ghost. And after 15 years, Brother Bob Bush took us down to what, 107, something like that? 20 years later. 20 years later. Doctors, tried doctors, tried all he could. But when the Spirit gets in, he'll put people in your path to say stuff they don't even know they're saying. To bless your life, the Holy Spirit will move, but you have to be submitted to him. And the Bible gives you a, a clear thing. Why can't I hear God? Because you don't have an ear. That's why I said, he that hath an ear, let him hear. Not these two ears on the side of your head, but the ear in your heart. You've got to be submitted and say, Lord, whatever you want to do in my life, I'm submitted to it. It might look strange. It might look out out of the way, but I know your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are above my thoughts, and I trust you, Jesus. <laughs> I know it looks strange <laughs> this morning when you walked in because the Lord has been talking to me about some things, and, and he instructed me to do some things, and, and, and some of the things I do, it may make some people leave, it may make some people mad, that's fine, if they leave, that's okay, but I want to be obedient to God. He said, when you get there, let the praise team in and lock the door. And don't let anybody in. And I came in and I told the fellas, hey, guys, I know you're used to sitting there, but I need y'all to go out. Would you mind if I kicked you out? And they went out and they were good about it. And then when they left, he spoke to me again and said, don't let anybody in but the prayer team. Send them out and lock the door until I get done with what I'm doing. And as the prayer team began to move and God began to move and they were uninterrupted, could you feel the presence when you walk into this place? You got to start being submitted to the Spirit. What if I say, but God, that's not how we usually do things. People are going to get offended if I do it this way. Paul, you know folks don't like to be told what to do. You tell them what to do, and they still won't do it. But I have to be obedient to the Spirit because I don't answer to you. I answer to God. And when you, when you submit to God, you see what happens in the place. I doubt there's one person in this room that still can't feel the spirit of God in this place. That still can't feel God working on the inside of their heart. That still can't feel God speaking to him even when they're trying to reject it. You can't resist the spirit of God. Well, I got my own free will. That's good for you. Ask Jonah about free will. Jonah had free will. God said, sure, you can go to Tarshish. <laughs> hey, Jonah, do you like tuna? <laughs> When I get through with you, I'm pretty sure your will will be what my will is. <laughs> if you've given Christ your heart for real and you are truly his, he'll break you to bless you. Amen. He'll, he'll allow hell to come into your life. <laughs> 
to break you down to come back to him. That's why Paul said, turn him over to Satan that his soul may be saved. Sometimes he'll let you get out in the world and struggle all by yourself and be broken down and alone. Why? Because you can't come to him until you come to the end of yourself. And I will tell you, where do I find God? You find him at the end of yourself. You find him at the end of your will. You find him at the end of your way. You'll find him. Seeking you shall find. Knocking the door shall be open. Asking it will be given to you. For everyone who asks is given. Everyone who seeks shall find. To everyone that knocks, the door shall be open unto you. Right now, if you want to seek the Lord, this altar is open right now. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him and he'll answer you. If you know you've been losing the battle and you need to submit to God, this altar is open to you. Don't wait for me to give you an altar call. Stop looking for religious church. Do what God has called you to do. Come to this altar if you know you need it. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to pump you. I'm not going to prime you. But because I love you, I'm going to let you know that you can win the war within when you stop trying to fight it yourself and submit to the power of the Holy Ghost. He will not leave you comfortless. He'll send you a helper. He will not leave you without an answer. He gave you the power of the Holy Ghost. All you have to do is seek what's already on the inside of you. Move yourself out of the way and submit to the Spirit. Walk in the spirit. I'm glad he didn't say run because some of us just want to do it and run and it's all over with. It takes you longer to walk somewhere than it does to run. (laughs) You may be walking for the rest of your life. You need to be walking for the rest of your life. And here's the thing. When you stop walking and think you got there, that flesh is still there. (laughs) This has to be a lifelong commitment to walk into the spirit. Is there anybody that is willing to say, I'm walking in the spirit? Walk to this altar for me today. I want to walk more in the spirit. I'm saved, but I want to walk more in the spirit. I need more power. I'm tired of doing it on my own. I want some strength. I need some strength. I'm trying to fix it by myself. I'm trying to, tired of trying to live holy by myself. I'm tired of trying to do it through every other avenue. If you got a counselor, that's fine. But stop it. Jesus is your primary physician. And then go over there and ask the doctor what they got to say. Lord, when I go into the doctor's room, go with me. Guide the doctor. When I go into the counselor room, guide the counselor. Let them know right now. And I'm not going to lay my hands on you yet. I need you to seek God for what you need right now. Seek the Lord while he may be be found. Whatever you need, God knows to seek him. <laughs> the power's not in me. I'm just a mere human. The power is in the Holy Ghost, Brother Ernie. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. The power's in the Holy Spirit. Oh, Spirit of God. 
for those of you who can and your prayer warriors and you're not at this altar, begin to pray just like we prayed earlier this morning. We're not doing church as usual. We're not going to go. So if you're looking for a usual time, this is not a usual time. God wants to move and he's doing a new thing. Behold, I will do to you, doing you a new thing. Can you not perceive it? God is moving right now. He's delivering right now. If you miss it, it's not on him. It's on you. He's been in this building before we even touch the keyboard. He's still in this building. If you need something, you better not leave here and not get it. I'm not going to pump you. I'm not going to prime you. I'm not doing no theatrics. I'm not running out laying my hands on your head. It's time for you to seek God for yourself. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Why won't you lay hands on me right now, Pastor? Because late at night when you're dealing with temptation, I won't be in your room with you. You've got to learn to seek God for yourself. She called up my Oh, God. There's still somebody in this room that needs to submit to God. You know who you are. Move right now. I can't make you, but do you know who you are? It's more than one of you. It's not just one. Hallelujah. Heed the Lord while he's speaking to you. Call on him while he may answer those who are praying. Pray. Oh, God, we seek your face right now. Oh, God, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We seek your face right now. We seek your move right now. Lord, I pray that shackles are being broken right now and that demonic oppression is being cast back in the name of Jesus, that the, the stronghold that they've had on some people's lives, that it goes in the name of Jesus and that they are set free in the name of Jesus right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, help, Lord, Holy Ghost. Help, Lord God, right now in the name of Jesus. Robin, put your hand on Chrissy just for a second. Oh, God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you move, God. Pray, I, Lord, Lord God, that you do what he's calling you to do. I feel you working and I feel the wrestle right now. Stop wrestling and submit. Stop wrestling and fighting and submit. Don't worry about what people are going to say. Don't worry about your friends. Don't worry about who you lose. If you lose everything and you got Jesus, you still got everything. Give it all to Jesus. Submit to him right now. He's moving in this building. You feel him moving today. You hear his voice. Harden not your heart. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Worship him in your own way. You don't have to look around and try to worship him like somebody else says. You don't have to connect him like somebody else says. God works with us like